Hello, welcome to the Healthy Alternatives podcast. I am Dr. Christine Sauer with DocChristine.com. Today's show is a recording of my radio show of the same name. Enjoy! Good afternoon, this is Dr. Christine Sauer, your host of the show Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOEFM with live stream on communityradio.ca every Thursday at 12 noon Atlantic Standard Time. Thanks for tuning in today. In this show, I will talk mostly with guests about all aspects of health, healthcare and wellness from conventional to alternative and everything in between. My mission for this show is to help change people's lives for the better by informing them about different options to get and stay healthy and well so they can choose for themselves what's the best option for their case. And if you feel you are stuck in a dark place, I want to tell you, don't give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel for you too. Today, I'm extremely pleased to be with Joe Minzer, an up and rising addictions counselor. Welcome, Joe. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for having me. Um, well, I, you're very welcome. And I'm really excited to have you here. You live at the moment in California. And as I saw, you are, as far as I read about you, you are a second year student. So tell us a little bit what you are studying and why. So what we work on is a uh, is another way to deal with your inner issues. So over over time, as we get older, we we gain this kind of um, the way that I like to put it is when you start out as a kid, you have this little knapsack. It's about this big, and you take it with you to school, and your little problems go in there. And then as you get older, you get into high school. There's a little backpack on, and then your problems are in there. And then you just keep getting. And then you know after a couple of marriages, divorce, kids, everything else, eventually you've got one of those army rucksacks that they put on people, and you've got about 40 tons of weight. Uh, yeah, baggage. All these problems you've been carrying with yourself for all these years, and then. What we do is we work through each and every one of those issues internally and uh, move on from all of them so that eventually that bag can just disappear. Um, and I think that's the best way to put it. We use a bunch of different techniques. One of them is a gestalt technique, uh, which I believe is very beneficial uh, in helping people through different issues. Um, but It's kind of a role play, if I remember right. Is it? Yeah, you're, you're talking to your basic self in a way. Um, you get into a mode where there's an empty chair, some, um, you know, somebody will be there to kind of guide you through it. And then, uh, you'll, you'll talk to whatever issue it is that's bothering you. If you have a pain, like if there's a pain in your back or an anger issue, you'll talk to the anger. You'll give your anger a voice and then you switch to the gestalt chair and then speak from that voice so that you can better understand what's going on internally. Uh, a lot of people find it very beneficial. Um, you know, for, for me, there, it, it does help on certain things, uh, but what more, more internalizing, or sorry, more internally what I go through is more of a process of why this came about, how I dealt with it at that time, how it made me feel, and how I moved past it now. Wow. And then, that, yeah. that is an amazing thing to do. And I would love for our listeners of yours, for you to share a little bit more what it was you were going through 
and you shared it a little bit and it's extraordinarily and people need to know to get the hope that it's possible what you do. Sure. I will. Um, I think what I, it's better to kind of condense it a little bit. Um, at age 13, I started smoking crack cocaine. Uh, it was introduced to me by a friend of mine and he gave me a little bit of it. And while I didn't become fully addicted to drugs at that time, um, that was my first initial intro into any kind of drug or alcohol. Um, from there, it moved forward into a pattern of, you know, anything I can get my hands on, um, you know, through different phases in life, it switched through different, you know, materials. And then uh, later on, um, you know, I ended up getting arrested for selling cocaine. Then I moved past that. Um, I went into a, uh, a couple different addiction recovery programs, several programs to try and move past this issue, and nothing worked. Um, it wasn't really until, you know, I had gotten sober, but it wasn't really until, I want to say, two years ago that I really knew why all of this had occurred in the first place and got to know who my true self was and realized that most of my life I was hiding under a like tough exterior, like a, a big beard, I used to have a big beard down here, um, long hair, uh, you know, a tough guy atmosphere, like, oh, I'll, you know, I'll beat you up, I'll do this, I'll do that. Um, and never understood why that was there in my life until I realized it was really because I got picked on as a child. And in order to cover up for that, I created this tough guy persona to cover up the sensitive man inside. Uh, and in, in order to deal with that, in order to keep that persona going, anything I could do to attribute to it, you know, be it drugs, be it alcohol, was there. Um, you know, fighting, whatever, whatever I needed to keep that persona alive, to keep that image alive was there. Um, and it wasn't until I really came to an understanding that, uh, that, that was no longer needed and that that was one of the main reasons that I had done what I had done in the past, that I could move forward and forgive myself for it. No, that is really amazing. And what really made the first difference? What, what was the first step where you really knew this is it? This time I'm not getting back. You know, there's... It's, it's hard to attribute it to one thing, but um, in my head, it was just, it was just a acceptance of what was going on in the situation. And uh, just that, that this, you, you get to a point where you're just sick of everything that's going on mm. and you're just kind of like, well, this is obviously not working, but you have to accept that it's not working. Like, you know, it's not working throughout this process, but you don't want to admit to it. So once you can accept that it's not working and be like, this isn't working for me. I need a change. I need a movement in my life. You know, so there was I, a decision for change. And I find that in all my clients and myself, that that was the starting point. You have to make the decision. This is not working. As you said, it needs to change. And I'm the only one I can change. Yes. And, and in a way you, you also have to be, I don't know, for me, I shouldn't say for everyone, but for me, I had to be angry at it. I had to be angry and disgusted at the person I had become because I knew that it wasn't the real me. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that real me back. And um, as somebody who's been living in it now and just enjoying my life day to day, I have my ups and downs like anybody else. Um, but that part of it's not there anymore. It's, it's here. It's to the side. And now my life is filled with spirituality and it's filled with, you know, exercise and meditation. And, and that's what consumes my life as opposed to, well, what bar are we going to this weekend? You know, right. um, 
And uh, I mean, I was blessed. Um, God stepped in and gave me a massive panic attack uh, on the last day I ever drank. And I tried to calm it down with like probably like a bottle and a half, two bottles of vodka somewhere around there. Um, it wouldn't calm my heart rate down. It was down 149 beats per minute. Um, I ended up in the hospital. They, they tried to calm me down. They did what hospitals do. They gave me a dosage of uh, Ativan. That didn't work. They gave me another dosage of Ativan. This is after giving me a breathalyzer that blew 0.20, I think, or something or something around. There's an astronomically high number. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then they just kicked me out of the hospital. They didn't do anything else. <laughs> they sent me on my way out of the hospital, walking down the street on a ton of medication and a couple of bottles of vodka. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I got home, and my aunt had flown in, and uh, she – came into my apartment, my apartment's a mess. Like, just to kind of set the scene for you, there's, like, clothes everywhere. Like, literally just clothes everywhere. Um, there's empty bottles. There's, there's a, I tried to clean up as much as possible before she got there with, like, Pizza bottles. Pizza boxes, yeah, I, I understand, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, you know, she just, uh, she came in and she was like, well, she's like, what are you going to do? And I, I, I just looked at her, I was like, I can't, I can't live like this anymore. Uh, I, I can't do it. And that was it. And she didn't really realize at the time that there was a problem there. She just knew that I wasn't happy. So her way of working with things through life that I've taken on to my life, is not so much to work on the issue itself, but to work on your level of uh, how you feel, you know, your happiness. If you're upset, well, what's causing the upset? Mm-hmm. If you're depressed, what's causing the depression? Look at the cause first and then move forward. And that's so important. And what, what, what I do is I look more at the physical root causes that are important too. And as you said, now you exercise, but often it's that little voice that has to make the decision and you have to find yourself. And you obviously did that. And I commend you for that. It's hard. So, and I'm sure in the beginning, it was scary to change from the tough guy to a vulnerable, sensitive man that you are. Yeah, anytime you step in a vulnerability, it's it's a uh, it's it's a process. Um, you know, your ego will come up and, and try to bring you back to your comfort zone at times and, and be like, "This is not where you're supposed to be." Um, go back to this. Why are you doing this yourself? This is uncomfortable. You don't feel well. You know, this is like everything is for the first six months. Everything's so hypersensitive. Everything around you is very um, triggering, and not triggering to make you drink, but just triggering you to be upset. You know, and wonder what, why you're upset about it. Um, and it's not until you learn that your environment is is doing this on purpose for a lesson for you, um, and that you know, find out what that lesson is and move past it, that you really gain a a higher knowledge of what's happening. Oh, there we go. I lost you for a second there. <laughs> and I just said it. It usually is a process. It doesn't happen in one. A step suddenly you are sober and you'll never go back because you're changed man with within one day <laughs> <laughs> you know what it, it's um that's why that's why when people always ask me that question and i get that question quite a bit is what what was the one defining moment i, I usually answer with you can't put one moment on it there's more than one defining moment there's a there's a level there's stairs of defining moments that lead up to sobriety and if you can't look back at those stairs and be okay with them, you, you're not you're not completely happy with your life. You're not going to move forward. Um, you know, there's 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 moments that I that I go back to in, in my history of getting clean that um, are big moments that make me really think about what happened. You know. Mm-hmm. 
So that's really amazing, and 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 and, and it must have been hard. Uh, how did you go through the withdrawal? Did you do that yourself, or did you take yourself in a hospital? I went through it myself, and oddly enough, it it wasn't bad. Um, it, I know that sounds crazy. I was drinking a lot too. I didn't have any withdrawal. I didn't have any. Um, I guess it, it it's crazy for me to say this out loud because I know that so many people go through horrible withdrawals, and I did yeah. myself on past experiences. But um, on this one, it wasn't like that. It was just like I made a decision. I didn't want to feel like that anymore, and, and that was it. It was just gone. It, it, it's very strange. Um, and, and that is amazing. And, and, and now let's go a little bit forward. What made sure. you make the decision to help others that are stricken with addictions? And, and you certainly had a very serious addiction at a young age. Yes. Um, you know, for me, it's, it's, a, it's a way of service. For you, it's a way okay. of service? Okay, so uh, for me, it's a way of service, and uh, there's a way of giving back, and um, it's a way to move into a place of health and love for other people, and, and um, you know, my door is always open. You know, I tell people that, you know, to reach out to me either through the, the webpage or through Instagram, and I'm still here. I'll, I'll be there to talk to them, and, and I've had people that reached out to me over the past year, um, and people who knew me for a very long time, but they knew a fake me. And, and they're just like, wow, like, I don't even know, like, can you help me? Like, how, how did you do this? And I always tell them, you know, there's just a bunch of different ways. I can't say that what worked for me is going to work for you. That's no. the thing about recovery. Whatever works for one person can hopefully work for another, but there's no guarantee, right? That's um, right. Yeah. So you have to be open to all options. So I always tell people to start meditating and then talk to me in a week. I feel that is a very nice point to wrap up the first half of the show and please turn in after the commercial break for more with joe Minza about addictions thank you Welcome back to Healthy Alternatives here on 97.5 CIOE of M with livecast on communityradio.ca. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer, and today I'm talking with Joe Minzer, who will soon be an addiction counselor. Now, tell us a little bit about what you're planning to do, because the first half you shared a little bit about what you did do and how you yourself became sober. And how you want to live and help others going forward. So um, the program that I'm creating right now is called the Sporadic Warrior Project. Um, what we are hoping to do is create a meditational community for sober people um, to, at the beginning of it, it's just a meetup for sober people to come and meditate. In the later stages of it, what we're hoping to do is give another option of recovery. So... A lot of the tools that I worked with to get over my addiction and to work with different things, I want to teach those to other people so that they can work through their issues. Um, one of the things that came across to me as I was going through different forms of counseling in my past was that 
there wasn't, there was a lot of ways to get it out of you, but there wasn't a way to really work through it. So unless you were in counseling or could pay for counseling, there wasn't somebody there to coach you through how to work through it. Um, and so here, here I am like pouring my heart out to all these people, but then I'd leave and be still triggered and didn't know how to work past it. So there was no okay. tools in my head um, at the time for me that didn't work. And I always clarify that with, for me, uh, it didn't work. Um, and uh, in that sense, it did work. In other well, it, is, it is well known that the conventional addiction treatment programs do not work for most of the addicts that go through it. Yeah. And one of the reasons for that, I believe, is that, well, one of the steps in the process is extremely important, which is surrendering into your addiction to accept that you have an issue. I think that uh, one of the things that I always say is moving past that, the two most powerful words in the, in the English language are I am. Why would you put such a negative connotation after it on a repeated daily basis? Why not wake up in the morning and tell yourself, you know, I am beautiful. I am loved. You know, I am, I am part of this world and happy to be a part of it. I am here to share myself with others. Put something positive behind it. Um, and that's really what we want to teach people is, is how to move forward in a positive light, in a positive manner, and understand that you're perfect just the way you are, that there's nothing that needs to change about you, that you, you were on this path, you're on that path that led you here, and that's all that really matters, that there's nothing else in life that, that, that needs to be taken in and on by you, that you are okay, and just get it out and work through it and move on and love who you really are as a person. Because I think that a lot of the people that I've talked to in the past have their issues have started with addiction, mainly because they're very unhappy with looking in a mirror, you know, um, for whether, whatever it might be, teeth, eyes, nose, weight. For me, it was weight. Um, any of that kind of stuff. So, it's, it's no, like, even, you, you probably talk more to younger people than to older, but uh, even at my age group from 55, 65 area, many of the clients I talk to and people I talk to, they still haven't found out who they really are. They still don't talk to themselves gently and are kind to themselves. And one sentence I say most often is, would you say that to your best friend? And when they say no, I said, why are you not your own best friend? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so much easier to find comfort in others than it is in ourselves. You know, and I think that's what happens with people. They search for others for their comfort as opposed to learning to be on your own. I'm an extrovert. So let me tell you something. For me, it was even harder because I love to talk to people. I love to go out and talk to people. I, I live for that kind of thing. So to sit by myself is one of the most unnerving things possible. Um, so when I started meditating, that process for me was very complicated. And once I fell in love with it and fell in love with spending time with myself, now I'm, I'm okay either way. I can be here by myself be totally happy. What kind of meditation do you prefer and do you see your clients to prefer or your future clients to prefer? Well, when you're starting out, I always recommend uh, guided meditation because I think it's the easiest to get through. Um, I moved into more of a Tibetan singing bowl, Om, Anahu meditation, a chanting meditation. I start with an outward chant and then I bring it inner uh, for the rest of my meditation. Uh, I know that a lot of people I know are very big fans of transcendental meditation. I've never practiced it myself, so I couldn't give any kind of you know up or down to it. But I know that for a lot of people, it works very well. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then eventually into a silent meditation where you're just, you know, focusing on your breathing in, in for four, hold for four, out for four is what I like to do. Um, but reality is there's no wrong way to meditate. Focus on your, you know, on your breathing and get through it. And it sounds like such a simple thing to do, but for some reason people have such a uh, resistance to it. I think it's because a lot of times what comes forward is what your biggest issue is. Mm-hmm. Like for the first couple of months when I meditated, all this stuff would come forward for me. All this artwork, poetry, all these different designs. It's my creative side. It came way right back out. Um, and I was like, well, why has this been hidden for so many years? And, and it was just because you weren't ready to see it, you know? I, yeah, especially with technology the way it is, I think it's key that, to mention that um, uh, if you're going to meditate, turn off your phone. Like, allow yourself those 30 minutes a day without a phone. Um, you know, I try to start my day without even looking at my phone for the first 30 minutes. I'm not always the best at it because I do have to look at it for work. But, um, you know, uh, I really try to give myself time away from the electronics. Um, and even as I look at my apartment right now, there's, you know, two laptops, a tablet, a phone, you know, watch the whole nine. Um, but I try to shut them all off for the time being, you know, when I meditate. Um, so... Just and it's wonderful that. that you are able to do that because it's another addiction, addiction to electronics and people zap on Instagram, Facebook or whatever they like to do. And it is addictive. And they, those big corporations like Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram, they make it addictive. That's true. It's designed to, well, all phones just in general, like your phone, that little blinking light is designed to grab your attention so that you turn it back on. It's really, uh, there's a, I don't remember the name of the author, but he wrote a book on, on how all of that is designed to keep you locked into it. And it, it, it's, it's, um, it's a very interesting book. I wish I could remember the name of it right now. But um, it, all this stuff that we view, the television, you know, phones, all that kind of stuff is designed to keep you in that chair. I stopped watching uh, broadcast television years ago, um, and it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's also, you know, a lot of the news is, is focused on negative energy to – because it, it, it really brings people in. I mean, they focus on the negative. And they, they bring the negative into their life. Starting day on a positive note, I have the same routine every morning. I wake up, coffee, meditate, gym. Then I go to work. I wake up at 5 a.m. so I can do that by 8 a.m. And I don't care. That's the best part of my day sometimes. And as long as I have that, I get through the day. And I'll tell you, over the last two weeks with this move, I haven't been meditating as much. And I've broken my routine. And it, it does, I see a big difference. Um, in the way I eat, in the way that my happiness is, in the way that, uh, you know, my urges go, all that stuff plays a factor into it. So it's very important that you keep on a regimen and a routine. I completely agree. A morning routine is great, whatever works for you. And I have my morning routine and I'm the same way. I try not to start on my phone or laptop. I try to start by journaling. I have a gratitude journal, which I find very helpful do you do that too, gratitude? And I, um, I have a, uh, a, what's called a patterning journal. So when something upsets my life, I'll write in the patterning journal. I'm actually looking at it in my kitchen right now behind me. Um, but, uh, and then also I'll do some freeform writing, which I've just started a practice of freeform writing. I'm not, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but you basically write whatever's on your brain for yeah. about an hour, and then you burn it. Um, I call it a brain dump. A brain dump, yeah. <laughs> Great when somebody can't sleep because there's this and that they have to do. Just put it on paper and in the morning get rid of it. 
Yeah. Also, um, if you if you're going to meditate and you find that something's popping in your brain before you meditate, write it down on a piece of paper. Or just get it out. Um, I do that too. I'll write a couple notes. And that helps. That um, good. Yeah. But I think the important thing is what you really said is that you got to focus on whatever works for you. You know, try different things out. I tried a lot of things out. You, you got to test out the the waters and see what really works for you in order to find out. You know what's best for. Keep in mind, you are the most important person in your life. You have to take care of you before you can take care of anybody else. So, exactly. yeah, you have to focus on what works for you before you can step out and work on anybody else. If you're not in a good centered place, what are you doing to that person? You know, you're dumping your stuff on them. So, very true. Very true. Yeah, people people carry it. They they don't work through. Some people live for it. Some people live for their baggage. You know, they Some live in. Some people like to complain. It's well, yeah, it's victim mode. They live in their victim yeah. their victimhood. I lived in it for years. Trust me. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, there was a, um, a moment the other day that I had a little, like, you know, you get these little things that pop in your head, and uh, one of them was all over these last couple of years, I've been really searching for, like, my true strength and true power, and then what occurred to me is what if I've been standing in it and just didn't realize it for all this time, you know? Wow. Yeah. What a nice and, thought, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's like, why, why are we always, why do we always feel that there's a need for change? You know, there's, there's no need for change. But there's a need to process the way that you think and, 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 and to hold yourself accountable for your actions. But the way that you are as a person, there's nothing there's nothing that needs to be fixed. People have fallen back off the wagon and they'll call me up like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I said, why don't you just forgive yourself? Um, you know, forgive yourself for your actions and, um, and understand that, that you're on a path right now and that, and that this is whatever it was, as bad as it is, maybe it was supposed to happen to teach you that this is not the way that you want to live. Um, uh, somebody asked me on a podcast one time, what was the, if you're going to write a book about your life, what would it be called? And my answer to it, which I love, and I, I've shared quite a bit is, um, if you're, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing. And, and that really is the way that I live my life. I'm not, mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't live in regret of anything that I ever did. Um, that was all a path that led me right here, right now, to this conversation, to this area, to this movement, whatever it is. You know. And I find it very impressive that you realized that at a young age, and good for you. And uh, I hope that many younger people, even teenagers that feel drawn to addiction, instead feel drawn to people like you and yourself and say, okay, he did it, I can do that, maybe I should check him out. How, what's the best way to contact you if they want to contact you? Uh, well, you can either uh, contact me on my Instagram. Uh, you can just look up Joe Mincer for Instagram. That's, you know, uh, or uh, you can go to the sporadicwarrior.com website, which is S-P-I-R-A-D-D-I-C-T.com. abbreviation of spiritual addict. That is correct. Yeah, I thought it was, uh, so one of the, the uh, teachers for the, the uh, work that we do, his name was John Roger, and um, he, he wrote a book called uh, Spiritual Warrior. So I just kind of switched around for myself into what, you know, I took into myself. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the best way to contact me. You can send a message through that website, um, or you can just ping me on Instagram if you want, if you need to talk, if you need coaching, whatever, whatever you need. You know. That's amazing. So I thank you very much for being on the show today, Joe. And it was an absolute pleasure. And I hope you can help many, many people achieve the same wisdom and calmness and soberness that you achieved. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. And that's really where we're trying to move forward. If we collectively as community can, can look at people as people and not as what they've done in the past, I think this place will be a much better place to live. Thank I you for having me. I agree. That's a wonderful thought to close your show. And please, if you listen to that, don't hesitate to contact me with any questions, thoughts, comments, or suggestions. Or if you'd like to contact Joe, my email here is christine at communityradio.ca. Or you can contact me through my website, docchristine.com. And I'm always grateful for any feedback. Thank you all for listening to Healthy Alternatives. I'm your host, Dr. Christine Sauer. Tune in next Thursday at noon on 97.5 CIOE, communityradio.ca. Goodbye and have a great day.